Come on, church and online campus, give God a shout of praise this morning. We thank you for your goodness and faithfulness, God. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies are new every morning. Amen. Praise God for his goodness and his faithfulness. And the fact that he never, ever, 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 ever lets go. Amen. He will never, ever let go. Amen. Can you give God one more hand of praise this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, happy Thanksgiving. But as we talked about last week, we know that every day is a day where we can give thanks and glory to God. It's not just once a year. It's every day that we're supposed to express gratitude unto God because he is faithful and he is just and he is good. And sometimes we can't see it. We can't see it right away. But God is working. And, you know, some of the things that we can't see in the construction of our home are the most important ones. Concrete is a little expensive, and there's a whole lot of it underneath your house that you never see. But it's what holds it together. And sometimes we just want what's visible. As we say in Spanish, arribita. But, man, you got to get in there. And um, we trust God in his goodness and his faithfulness. Amen? Can you give God one more hand of praise this morning? Come on. Now, this morning, I, I, I'm going to start with something that's going to make some people mad. I'm going to start with something that some of you might think, your pastor has just gone up straight, lost his mind. And I want to start with this statement. It's great to know the Word of God, but it's not enough. And some of you are going to be irritated by that because you're thinking, well, what do you mean it's not enough? It's the Word of God. No, it's great to know the Word of God, but it's not enough. I'm going to say it this way. It's not enough to just know the Word of God. How many of you here have hurricane shutters in your home. Anybody have hurricane shutters in your home? Yeah? If you don't have hurricane shutters, you might put up plywood or whatever. Hurricane shutters are worth nothing. Zero. Cero la izquierda. If you leave them in the garage when a hurricane is coming. If you don't close them when there's a storm. And in the very same way, just knowing what the Word of God says is not enough. So I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Matthew chapter 7. At the end of one of the most famous sermons, longest too, that Jesus did in his three-year ministry. Okay? Um, I think it's really cool. By the way, if you haven't seen The Chosen, I encourage you to, to download the app and watch it. But there's a really good episode about, about the Sermon on the Mount. But at the end of the Sermon on the Mount... Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Look what Jesus says. He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine 
and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now it's interesting because in those verses there's a lot taking place. There's a lot of things that are the same and there's some, there's a very strong difference. So what's the same? There's two houses that were built. What's the same? Everybody heard. What's the same? There was rain. There was winds. There was a a, a storm. There were floods. But what was different was the doing or the not doing. See, I can say with boldness, it's great to know the word of God, but it's not enough. And I can say it's not enough to just know the word of God because this is what Jesus said there. We must apply the word of God in our lives. Knowledge without application is nothing. Knowing what the word says and not applying it is nothing. It does you no good. And there's a lot of us that know a lot of verses, know a lot of scripture, but zero application. It's funny, I, you know, I went to Christian high school. I went to parochial school through fourth grade. Then I went to Christian school, fifth grade through 12th grade. I memorized a lot of verses. But one thing that was missing was the teaching me how to apply these verses. And I could quote verses and I would get A's on my memory verse test, but knowing it and not applying it doesn't help me. But what happens when storms do come? What happens? Because the reality is this, storms will come. They will. And when storms come, it's the application of the word of God that'll get you through it. Jesus said storms would come. As a matter of fact, John 16, verse 33, John 16, 33, Jesus said, I'm telling you all these things, all of these things, I'm talking to you about it. Because in the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. The word tribulation is actually a word that translates to pressure. In the world, you will have pressures. Pressures in your finances, pressures in your health, pressures in your marriage, pressures in in everything, pressures with your children, pressures with the school. There will always be pressures. But you can be of good cheer and have peace Because the fact that Jesus has already overcome those situations that bring you pressure. Storms are going to happen. But the question is, what are we going to do when the storms happen? We were just finishing a series, right? We finished a series last week, season two of Potholes of Life. And it's interesting because for me, and I'm going to be very transparent over the next few minutes. For me, this week, we hit a bunch of consecutive potholes. Like it wasn't one pothole. It was like from pothole to pothole to pothole. Over the last four weeks, we, we, we spoke about the pothole of desperation. Man, I, I dealt with it this week. We talked about anxiety and worry. I dealt with that this week. Talked about ungratefulness or the fact that we need to be thankful all the time. And I dealt with that this week. Storms come. And again, I'm, just, I'm going to be very transparent. See, because 
this week did not go as my wife and I had planned. This week did not go in the way that we were expecting it to go when our daughter wakes up on Thursday morning in such a pain that was not normal. Begins to escalate to the point where we say we need to take her into urgent care. And the walking into urgent care, the doctor said, you need to go to the hospital because she needs surgery. The doctor didn't even see her at the urgent care because he thought he was, she was having an appendicitis. And so our Thursday morning changed drastically when we walk into Miami Children's Hospital and begin the waiting game, right? And I begin to deal with that desperation. Have you ever, as a parent, felt helpless and then get desperate? I'm, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. See, the storm was there. And despair was settling in because we're sitting there and my four-year-old is crying in pain and agony and no stinking person comes into the room for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, right? Like we're already inside and nobody's walked in. So I begin to roam the hallways of the ER until finally I probably get somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be. And somebody looks at me and says, are you okay? And I smiled through my mask and said, I will be if someone goes sees my daughter. So I was starting to get desperate. I was losing my peace. I was worried. I was concerned because I didn't know what was happening. Only to be greeted by surgeon after surgeon after surgeon. And exams and blood work and all these things and everything pointing to my little four-year-old having to go into an operating room. And so what do you do and how do you deal? Okay, I take my pastor hat off. I'm a Christian. I'm a dad. And I'm seeing my four-year-old in a state that I didn't want to see. Right? Man, I got really quiet. It's okay. She's fine. We're gonna, we'll get there. But I'm telling you what I was dealing with. It's funny because I had just finished a series on all those things, right? And so what do we do? We seek God. We listen to God. We obey God. I know what the word of God says, but I was in that moment there. I've got to make the crossroad decision of do I continue to worry and just listen or do I begin to apply what God said? That my daughter will live and not die. See, what do you do when the storm does come? What do you do when you see yourself in a place that you don't expect to be in? And if we're honest, we, every single one of us, online campus, be honest there, nobody's watching you, you're just alone, you're in your house, right? We deal with stuff. And we put fronts up many times to make it look like everything's fine. We go through motions. Man, I've been there many times in my life where I've put up a, a thing of like, I'm just going through the motions. It's going to be okay. But inside, I'm hurting. And the thing that's going to get me through it is whether I choose to apply the word of God or sulk in my pity party. See, what, what, what are we going to do? Apply or soak in the pity party? Like, what is the situation? What is it we're going to do? James 1.22, what does it tell us? It says that we need to be doers of the word of God and not hearers only. Can I tell you one of the saddest things that I see as a pastor? It's one of the saddest things I see. 
is the continual pursuit of God in people with zero application of what God said to do. I can't tell you how many times I see it. Almost, right, like on weekly basis, I'm seeing people that, that will come to service after service or listen to the podcast or listen online. You do all these different things. And, 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 and here's the situation. We only want to hear what we want to hear. And we don't want to apply what God tells us to do. But if we don't apply, nothing happens. If we don't apply, nothing happens. I mean, have you ever gone to the beach with the sunscreen in your bag and forget to apply it? That's happened to me. And you get home and you're burnt. And it's like, you're, you're, we, we, I remember this, this uh, I think it was in the beginning of the summer, we went jet skiing. And um, I was wearing a, a long sleeve. I, I, I'm so, you know, very, very white and fair skinned. And I, I, I get red like a crab after being boiled for a long time, right? Like or a lobster. That's how I get if I get burnt. And so I usually wear, you know, those SPF 50 long sleeve shirts and stuff like that. So I was wearing my SPF 50 long sleeve shirt. I was wearing my big old hat with a little thing that covers my neck. Everything was awesome. You know where I didn't put anything? On my thighs. And when you ride a jet ski, your shorts go up a little bit. Right. And so my white paper thighs got a lot of sun and I got home and I was in so much pain, not from the jet ski riding, but from the sunburn, because even though we had sunblock, I never applied it. And church, there's a lot of us that are burnt right now in our spirit, man, and in what we're going through because of the fact that we have the word of God, but we don't apply it. Having the word or knowing the word is not enough. See, this is, this is the way I wrote it down this morning. Storms will come, but application of the word will get you through it. Storms will come. Can I explain to you the water cycle? Watch. I'm going to explain this very quick. This is like kindergarten science lesson. There's water. Heat makes that water become a vapor. That vapor goes up and accumulates into a cloud. And when there's so much weight of accumulated vapor, it begins to condense in the chain of temperature. And that cloud then begins to bring down the rain back on the land. And it makes a cycle. Can I tell you something? As long as you are alive, there is a cycle of storms that come to life. The question is, Will you prevail through the storm because you apply the word of God? Or will you sink because you know it but don't apply it? What are we going to do when we're faced with that? When we're faced with the circumstance? When we're faced with the report that is very negative? When we're faced with the things that don't look good? When what you see is a complete debacle and disaster? In your finances or in your marriage or in your health or, 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 or with your children or your grandchildren or whatever it is. When you are seeing in your natural eyes all the things that are not working right, what will we do at that point with the word? Will we apply it? Or will we say, woe is me and run away from God? See, we do that many times because we think that a problem 
in our lives is a result of God not loving you. But problems in our life are not a, res a, a lack of love from God. I mean, if you're a parent, you love your children. But sometimes they fail tests because they didn't study. Or they lose a homework. Or they do this or something happens or they fall down. Life happens. And I want us to break free of this false notion that when you come to God, everything's going to be perfect. I want us to break free from this thing that God has sent us these evil things. No, God doesn't send it to you. Sometimes life just happens. The question is, how will you respond to what happens? How are you going to respond to it? See, as humans, we have this thing in us that we want to understand everything, and there must be a cause as to why it happened, right? Patty and I were talking about Job. She was at the hospital at one point with Sammy while I went to try to give Abigail and Alexandra some sense of normalcy and have a little Thanksgiving, you know, little thing that they had prepared and all the different stuff. And, and we were kind of thinking, and, and we were talking afterwards there at the hospital of Job and his friends. And his friends came with very good intentions, but they began to pinpoint and figure out and say, Job, you must have done something. You must have sinned. You must have done something wrong. No, sometimes life just happens. And can I tell you that the only time that there will be no turmoil is when you die and go to heaven should you have Jesus in your heart. That's the only time. Because if you don't have Jesus in your heart, when you die, you will spend eternity in hell, which is turmoil for the rest of eternity. Pastor, this isn't a very fun message. No, 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 no. This is something about the fact that we need to learn how to apply. Y equals MX plus B. That is the formula for slope. If you remember when you took algebra. took algebra. I took algebra probably in like 1994. I still remember Y equals MX plus B. But if you put a paper in front of me, I might have a hard time applying that formula after 20 years of not using it. And what do we do many times? Man, we learn scripture, we learn things, but we don't apply it. And then it becomes useless information. You called the word of God useless? Well, the word of God never returns void, but until you activate it, it is useless for you, for me. If we don't apply it, it is as good as nothing for me. It is the solution to what I'm facing, but I got to apply it. I got to flip the switch for the lights to turn on. I can have the light bulbs. I can have electricity. I could have paid my FBL bill, but if I don't flip the switch, it doesn't turn on. And applying the word is what activates it. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about me. What happened I'm going to be honest, transparent. We're in the ER. They, they say, your daughter's most likely going to need some type of surgery. We're going to need to observe it. We don't know if it's appendicitis. We don't know what it is. The ultrasound's inconclusive. We don't know what's going on. She needs to be admitted. So Patty and I looked at each other. It's like, well, one of us needs to go home and get things, right? We need to get Samantha some stuff. We need to get some stuff for whoever's going to spend the night. Uh, we need to go be with our other daughters. Like, we need to figure this out. 
So I called my dad. I was like, meet me at the house. I'm, I'm going to go spend some time with Abigail and Alexandra, but I need you to take some stuff to Samantha. And, she's, and he's like, well, are they going to let me in the hospital? I was like, I don't care. You need to make your way into the hospital. <laughs> right? Like, like, they might give you a hard time, but you, you tell them that you need to drop this off. And, and they gave him a hard time, but he was like, they were like, it's only father. Well, the father's not here, and the father's father's here, and I need to go take this to my granddaughter. Like, you know, he, he had to assert his, uh, his gray hairs of, of authority. But what happened every time I was in a moment by myself, see, in front of the girls, I was trying to be strong and in, in front of everybody, in front of Patty, in front of everything. But man, when I was driving that, that 20 mile stretch or whatever, 22 minute stretch from Miami Children's Hospital to where I live, it's like 20, 25 minutes or whatever. There was a lot of tears and a lot of me being there. And I responded, I, I, I was desperate, I was anxious, I was worried, I was fearful. And I began to, to, to sing. Fear go, Holy Spirit come. Fear go, Holy Spirit come. Fear go. I had to begin to apply. Why am I being so transparent with you? Because, listen, don't put me on a pedestal. I'm a Christian like you. Yes, I walk in the authority as a pastor, and I shepherd you if you are part of the 3W Church flock. But I'm a Christian like you. And stuff happens sometimes, and discouragement comes, and anxiety or worry, and I've got to apply the same things that I talk to you about. That's why I say that a lot of times I'm preaching to myself. When I separate myself, like I, I'm going, I get, I'll get away for, in, in like next week, I'm in, or the week after, I'm going away for like two or three days just by myself to pray through for the first six months of 2022 and what the Lord wants me to preach about. And can I tell you, many of the times the Lord preaches to me about things that I need to but as humans, we go through this stuff, and the question is, when the storm comes, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? And so I, I went to Philippians chapter 4, because John 16, I told you what we just read it a minute ago. It says that you're going to have tribulations, but have peace, I've overcome the world. But look what Philippians chapter 4 says. Verses 6 and 7, seven. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, okay, God, you want me to be thankful in my hope and prayer to you because you're in control. But that's hard, God, right? Like, God, that's, that's hard. Well, son, do you, do you trust me, right? Do you trust me? Because what happens when we begin to prayerfully in thanksgiving put our things before the Lord? Well, it says, and the peace of God, which doesn't make sense to human beings. I like it better that way. That's the New David translation. Because it says, which surpasses all understanding, right? So the peace of God that doesn't make sense to people will guard your hearts and minds. Now, that word guard, if you have a Bible, I want you to underline the word guard. The word guard is actually a military term. That word in the original language, it was a word used by the military that meant a sentry standing guard against the enemy. I want you to picture the peace of God is a sentry standing on the wall, guarding your mind from the enemy coming 
to lay hold of your thoughts. That's what the peace of God does. See, my wife and I were just sitting in our bed yesterday talking, and we said there were were so many moments of things, but through it all, we had peace and strength. Peace and strength, right? Like like a million things racing through your head, right? Well, we had this event. We got to postpone the event. We got this. Well, I'm supposed to preach on Sunday. This is going on. What do I do? Do I just take it up? Like trying to figure all these things, and at one point, Patty's asking me this question. I was like, I'm just being a dad right now. Church will take care of itself later. <laughs> Sorry, no offense. Um, but it's like, she's like, well, if you answered text, I was like, nope, my phone's on, do not disturb. I'm not dealing with my phone. Which is why a bunch of y'all thanks, texting me thanks, Thanksgiving stuff. I didn't message until Friday when I was home. Back, I, I just, I, I was not dealing with anybody or anything. I was focused on my daughter. So what did God do when he removed the worry and the anxiety I'm not making this up with the fact that Samantha, on Thursday night, 10 o'clock at night, every time you had to put her to pee, any time you had to stand her up, it was pain and screaming. And she falls asleep, and Friday morning, wakes up, I said, nothing had ever happened. She wakes up Friday morning, Patty FaceTimes me at 7 in the morning, because I'm with Abigail and Alexandra. I, w- I went back and forth and back and forth. And she fa- Samantha FaceTimes me and was like, hi, Dad, I'm hungry. How does your tummy feel? It's good. Can I go home? Well, we're, I'm on my way. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get there, right? And, and, and she, she, she's like, if nothing, people keep asking me, how's Samantha? How's she feeling? Dude, it's like if nothing ever happened. Well, what was it? I don't know. But God took care of it. I don't know what it was. I don't know what the circumstance was. I don't know if it was an appendicitis that God took care of. I don't know if it was a virus that God then took care of. I don't know what it was. All I know is that her pain went from 100 to nothing. And I want, and, and you ask yourself the question, but why? Why did we have to go through it? I don't know. But what did God do while we were there? See, can we talk for a minute about what God can do while you're in it? See, application of the word brings the peace of God. I just said that, right? Application of the word brings the peace of God. But then when you're in that state of peace, do you know that God can use you even in the midst of all this stuff? It's funny. I'm I'm, I'm there in the hospital again. I I get there in the morning. We're waiting for the doctors to come. We only dealt with surgeons. Um, the, the, The first doctor that came in said, no food or drink. This is probably an appendicitis. So from that point on, it was only surgeons. We were in a surgical floor. Everybody in the floor that we were on had had surgery except for Samantha. And we're there, and, 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 and you know, we're like, well, God, what do you want to do? So, so I'm sitting with Samantha. She's so awesome. She's so cute. We're watching. I'm like, Mama, what do you want to watch? And so we're, we're picking a movie. And she says, well, you like cars, and I like cars because you like cars. So let's watch cars. So we were watching the movie Cars. Um, it was funny because on Friday night, she would just ha- she had Charlotte's Web on over and over, and, and uh, she told Patty afterwards, I didn't think Dad would like Charlotte's Web, so I picked cars. I was like, all right, my four-year-old taking care of me, you know? So I'm sitting there with her, and in comes the chaplain. So the chaplain comes in. I can tell he's a priest. He's got his, his clerical collar and his things or whatever, and, and he comes in, and he's like, is, is this Samantha? I was like, yes, yeah, Samantha is like, well, do you mind if I pray for Samantha? I said, sure. 
and uh, he said, well, are, are you Catholic? Are you Christian? Are you Muslim? Or you don't believe? <laughs> it's like, that was my four choices, right? I was like, no, we're, we're Christian. I'm actually a pastor. And uh, he says, oh, okay, so can I still pray for her? I was like, yeah, go ahead. So, so he begins to pray. I didn't know what he was going to pray, right? I'm, I'm assuming he was going to do an Our Father or something. But this gentleman begins to pray scripture. And he begins to pray. And I come in agreement with him as he's praying. And we finish. He says, God bless you. And says, you're a pastor. Can you tell me, what was your assessment of my prayer? I'm like, well, Chaplain Stevens, (laughs) Chaplain Stevens, I was like, well, Chaplain, you know, we can fall trap. I assumed you were Catholic. And he's like, well, you assumed correctly. I said, well, we can fall trap to just praying religious prayers, the same thing. But you actually quoted scripture as you spoke to God. And I mentioned verses that he prayed. I said, that's real prayer. It was it was good. And then he almost started crying, and, and he was about to walk out, and he turns around, and he says, can I tell you something? I said, go ahead. He says, I am touched by your humbleness. I said, what do you mean? He says, I'm a chaplain here. I go to every room, and I've gone into many rooms of pastors, and they never let me pray for their kid. They always tell me, no, we're good. But you let me pray for your daughter. I said, you know it's the same Jesus? And I said, can I pray for you? He said, sure. So I began to pray for the Holy Spirit to just touch him. Because he walks into rooms that I'm not allowed to walk into right now because of COVID. I haven't been able to do a hospital visit since COVID started. Pastor Fernie and I were talking about that. We haven't been able to go visit a hospital unless it's your immediate family to pray for people in the darkest moments because of this pandemic. But this guy's walking into him. So I said, Lord, use him that he may walk into rooms and bring comfort to these parents that don't know if their child is going to live or die. They don't know what's going to happen. And I began to be able to pray over him. I don't know why Samantha went through that. I was in desperation mode. I was anxious. I was at a point of like, almost a point of ungratefulness because everything else was going good, but she was in pain. But applying the word got me to a place of peace where then I could be a Christian and pray for people. Samantha, you know, the cuteness that she is, I'm sorry, she's adorable, right? She's like, well, she's doing little laps around the surgical floor, right? Like once, once I got there on Saturday morning, she, I was like, do you want to go for a walk? And so she's walking around with her IV pole and stuffed animals, and she's singing little songs. I, I should have bought a video. She's like, singing is like, uh, uh, don't step on the line, don't step on the line, step on the line. Like we're going around, we're doing all these different things. We're, at one point, we run into the surgical team. Finally, finally, they let her eat. They weren't letting her eat. They finally let her eat like at 12 o'clock or 12.30, little girl didn't eat since dinner on Wednesday all the way to, to Friday. And the first thing she wanted was Cuban bread. Like she wanted bang. But you know how good God is? Somebody that works with Patty sent her a text message and said, what room is your daughter in? I'm sending you some stuff through Uber Eats. And she sent us a bandeja of like pastelitos, croquetas, and Cuban toasts. So as soon as they gave green light, what Samantha wanted to eat was sitting in the room. Because God is good, right? So then 
She's walking around and she finds the surgeons, right? Like the whole team of surgeons in another room. And they're like, hi, Samantha, you look like you're okay. She's like, yeah. She's like, well, we're going to your room. Do you want to show us? So she's there walking with all the surgeons to the room. And she's, she's in the middle of the room with, with the surgical team, with all the nurses, like 10 or 12 people in a room. They're about to talk. And I'm like, wait, my wife isn't here. Let me FaceTime her. So I FaceTime and, and Patty's eyes like, just like open up because there's 10 people in our room, right? Like she's like, what's going on, right? I'm like, no, no. There's... So they start telling us all the things. Samantha's being Samantha. She's like, well, this one is named Blueberry. This one's named Star. She's got all her elephants and her, and her turtles telling everybody they are. And they, they give us all the things. We're like, well, we don't know what it was. We, we know it's not the appendix because appendix only gets worse. It never gets better. Um, we, we can't tell. Her white, listen, everything pointed, the pain, the throwing up, the white blood cell count elevated. I mean, everything pointed to, to that. They're like, we don't know what it was, but she's good now. So, you know, we wanted her to eat one more time, and, and then she'll be able to go home. And we're like, all right, cool. Let's order food, right? Let's get more food in here. We want to go home. And then we're like, hey, can, can I pray for you guys? And they're like, okay. So I begin to pray over the doctors and the nurses. It's funny because... When they're finally giving us a discharge, the nurse comes into the room. She says, can I tell you something? It touched me so much that you prayed for all the doctors and that they let you. I'm a Christian too. Thank you. And so here we are. Samantha's praying for her nurse at that point. She prayed for her. We're talking all these different things that started in the pothole of anxiety, desperation. When things started off going not the way I had planned. I told you I was going to be transparent. We had a plan. Like our plan for this week was, was laid out, right? Like on my day off, we took the girls to Kennedy Space Center this week because they were off from school. And, and then we were going to do this. And we had all this plan and the event that we were doing on Friday. And we were hosting Thanksgiving. All of the plans. But we hit some potholes. But I thank God that I was able to start applying what the word says. And application of the word brought a peace. And people keep asking, so was it a virus? I don't know. What was it this? I don't know. And quite frankly, man, I don't care. Whatever it was, God took care of it. And whatever you're going through, why am I sharing this? Because whatever you're going through, some of you walked in here today and your marriage is on the brink of divorce. Some of you are watching online and you're in a hospital room or you're going through a situation that they said you can't have children or you're going through a problem where, where your children are so far away from God or you're going through a situation and you're dealing with that despair. You're dealing with that anxiety. You're dealing with that worry. You're dealing with that fear. Let me encourage you this morning to tell you the application of the word of God will get you through that storm. It doesn't matter the storm. It doesn't matter the, how hard it is. The application of the word. See, I said it. I, I learned a lot of Bible verses. My daughters are doing that now. And you know what Sammy and I did yesterday? See, in in pre-K 4, they also learn Bible verses every week. She's learned 10 verses so far this year. And they give them this little card that has the verse. And I've kept every card uh, on my desk. And so she found one that I was missing. She said, Dad, I found one of my verse cards. Can, do you want me to put it with the rest? I was like, yes. Yeah. So she brings it. And then we get them all. We put them all in order. I said, Mama, let's, let's see how many of you remember them. So I was like, all right. 
John 3.16, and that one she remembered the reference and said the verse. And what about this one? I was like, oh, I don't remember it. And then I would say the first word, and she would say the whole entire verse. And then I said, okay, mama. See, this is now what we need to start doing as parents. I said, it's not enough to know this verse. Let's pray the verse. Well, what do you mean? And I sat her on my lap. Well, say John 3.16 one more time. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. I was like, now let's pray. God, we thank you that you gave us Jesus. And I believe, and that's why I will have. And starting to teach her, this is what we're going to do in the application of God's word. Church, can I tell you what time it is? It's time to apply. It's time to apply. To apply the word. To apply the word. It is time right now. November 28th, some of us perhaps have been going through stuff for so long and we're going just through the motions. It's time to apply. It's time to put into practice. What does Psalm 118 say? Look at Psalm 118. It is thought that King David wrote this psalm. It doesn't say exactly it was him, but based on what is written there, it is thought that it was David. And this is what it says. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. And he says, let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me. And set me on a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Can I tell you the response is application of the word of God. Cry out to God and apply the word of God because he is good. He is faithful and his mercy endures forever. So I'll go back to that first statement I made. It's not enough to simply know the word of God. We must apply the word of God. And when application of the word takes place, when you put the formula in and you plug it in, the peace of God comes. The peace of God that does not make sense to people. The peace of God that guards your mind because man your mind goes everywhere right your mind wants to immediately go google search what does an appendectomy look like what's the recovery process what could it be this what i remember when patty got pregnant or was first pregnant with abigail she downloaded the app what to expect when expecting god i hated that app wake me up at two in the morning no this whatever and I would get her phone and delete the app that she would install it again I would delete the app and she would install it again it was a funny little thing we joke about it because we begin to read everything but the answer is to apply what the faithful one said see the answer is to apply what God says because application brings the peace and the peace guards your mind and your heart and when you are in a guarded place by that sentry 
And you can do what you're supposed to do. Talk to people, pray for people, help other people. But you were in the middle of a distressing situation. Yeah, but God had me. And then use me. You may be at the point where you don't get it. But if you apply the word, God will see you through it. I want you to stand to your feet this morning because I want to pray together. But before we pray, I... If you are dealing with something today, whatever, don't think it's too small or too big for God. I teach my daughters to pray for the smallest things. They lose a little toy. I can't tell you how many times that we had these little toys that we picked up in uh, St. Augustine last year, September of last year. It was a little like Wonder Woman toy and it was Samantha's and she couldn't find it for like six months. Every day in the car ride to school, she would pray for her toy. And we finally found it. And you should have seen that little girl rejoicing. Thank you, God, you found my toy. It's huge for her. Insignificant for me. I don't care what it is you're going through to your heavenly father it's significant so with every head bowed every eye closed as we get ready to worship for a few moments if you're dealing with something in your life right now whatever it might be and you walked in with that weight and today you say you know what I need to stop being in my pity party and begin to apply the word. I want you to take a step of faith and prophetically come out of your seat to worship here at the altar as we're going to worship together and we're going to pray together for those that come up that say, I'm dealing with stuff, but God, I am going to apply your word and you will see me through it. If you're online, you can send us a direct message and I will unite in prayer with you afterwards. But the altar is open. If there's something that you need to leave today and say, God, I will apply the word in this situation. Just come on up as we worship.